This is the Extra Mile. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Extra Mile. I'm Justin, and I'm here with my favorite co-host, the G5. What's up, George? Not much, man. Not much. <laughs> we're sharing a mic. Give me that mic back. Uh, we're sharing a mic uh, because we have two and, uh, well, three very special guests with us. Caleb is here. Hey, Caleb. Wave to the camera. There he is. He's here in the corner, but uh, we've had to do some shuffling because we've got three special guests with us here on the podcast. We have Terry Slack. Hi, Terry. Welcome. Good to be with uh, you. And he's preacher and elder at Northwest Church of Christ in Arlington, Texas. Correct. And then Chuck Durham, who is also here. He is preacher and elder at wherever church you are. (laughs) West side in Springdale, Arkansas. In Springdale, Arkansas. So. I haven't done any solar in Springdale, Arkansas. We need to talk after. All right. Anyway, so, uh, and then obviously we're here with our own shepherd and preacher, Nate Fritz. Where's he have a camera? Look at that. So you're already seeing the the closed uh, connection. Everybody's seeing uh, that we're all here. We've got a little bit of a change to the studio, and uh, we're all around the couch. They are here as our guests at our congregation here in Lubbock, Milwaukee Avenue, uh, for a men's conference. We're talking about being godly men. And uh, it's actually an interesting topic that in society, outside of the church, uh, it's almost been an attack on mankind and being a man and what it means to be a man. So it was an interesting uh, query. I think Sam is the one who originally asked me, uh, what do you think about doing a men's conference? And I go, because uh, it might bring up some bad uh, thoughts uh, from those who are outside. And what we try to do here in the Extra Miles, we try to really make the kingdom of God an accessible thing. We want to talk about the benefits of becoming a Christian, where, and we want to reach out to those who haven't chosen God and chosen Christ, and to say uh, that there is a better way than the fallacies and the deceptions that the world would put in front of us to cause us to stumble. And... Um, and so in that case, we'd like to have you on and to have this conversation about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a godly man. And, uh, and then ask you what your wisdom and what your knowledge is about the kingdom and what that means and what God wants us as men to be in our society and in the kingdom, our family, etc. So uh, that's basically the introduction. So welcome. Welcome to the conversation. And uh, typically we ask you to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, subscribe to the extra mile tell your friends about us and if you're not listening start listening so welcome to the podcast everybody good to be here yep good, yep. To, be here. good to be with good you to be here. i don't know when i was writing the notes i noticed nate you put some some addition so you added to the notes which i really like but when i was writing the notes and talking about you know what does it mean to be a man i just was i was still thinking about our cultural conversation on the big question what is a woman right we hear that all the time <laughs> yeah, and right. i just like oh, well, what's a man? Like, like, what do you guys think? Like, what's a man? <laughs> well, give me, a, give me an answer, Terry. I, an answer is he is not a woman. <laughs> really? How's that? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I figured that that would be earth-shattering. <laughs> earth-shattering. He is not a woman. I'm going to cut the elastic so, out of my pants now. <laughs> obviously, you, you, you know, it, all of this is rooted in Genesis chapter 1. Yeah. You know, God, God makes very clear lines of demarcation between male and female and you know the stuff that we're seeing in our culture really is an attack on the original design that god created you know one man one woman um you know that it, it ultimately it's about identity um you know I, I and i know that these days 
expecting parents know that they're what they're going to have before the child is born. But back in the olden days, <laughs> you know, the, the, the question, the first question that was ever asked was not, is it a male or female? The, the question is, is it a boy or a girl? Mm. That it's a matter of, it's not just gender. It's, it's the identity of that new child. It's not male or female. It's not the sex. It's, it's what's the gender identity of that child. It's in its, was Male or female, right? Those are the questions that we're asked. Coming into the world with that, yeah, idea, with that, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good. Okay. Y'all familiar with uh, Babylon B? Yes, yeah. Yeah. I think probably a lot of people are. Yes. Uh, so this is a great one for our listeners to go look up. They spend an hour and a half. There's an hour and a half program on YouTube explaining what is a male, <laughs> what is a man, what is a man, and. Uh, and it was I, so I'm like I got to see this because I've never seen anything Babylon B did that lasts more than you know just yeah. a couple of minutes yeah, for sure. And so I will I click over there you know and I'm watching it and it's got this guy like kind of countryfied a little bit and he just he's like well a man has uh, X Y chromosome and um, you know then he mentions some male parts and 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 he says. I think that does it. And then there's there's literally like an hour and 25 minutes or more just of credits rolling. <laughs> it's not that complicated. You know, no, it's not it's that not, complicated. It's not. So uh, is a man um, an adult male? Is that a man? Mm. Well, that was another question I had, and I think this one gets a little – harder to answer for a lot of people you know when do you know that you've entered into manhood and i've heard a lot of different answers to this i've heard poetic answers to this like <laughs> not really until you've lost you know a loved one can you really experience that or wow. you know not when you come to a certain age or 18 or 20 or 12 or 8 you know what do you guys think? Do you have to experience something? Do you have to understand something? Respect? You have to what, what do you guys think? You want to take that one? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you think about the Native American culture in our in our nation. They had a they had rites of passage. I mean, mm -hmm. you had to to have taken an enemy, sometimes an enemy's life. I know uh, that that even sounds weird in our day and age. But when you think about what what did it mean to be a man, particularly say in our <clears throat> society, is you had to be able to go provide for your family. I mean, you had to be able to hunt and fish and bring something home and feed your family, clothe your family, and show that you could defend the tribe against the enemies that they would face. I mean, there was a there was a passage. I mean, a boy can't do all of those things. Maybe some, but at some point he's going to be overpowered by a more powerful warrior. So it's going to take time. It's going to take uh, age, maturity. And somewhere in there, there was with them, Definite rites of passage, you know, that marked whether you were, um, you know, a grown adult or not. Yeah. I think from, from my experience, the programming, I've said this before, but what my own personal experience was is I went to school like I was told. Uh, I got married like I was told. And I had uh, kids and started a family. And then I was reading the newspaper one morning. And... Uh, it was in Amarillo, and I was looking through, and the, the article said, a 32-year-old man was arrested for some crime. And I said, 
32 year old man. And I said, I'm 32. Mm -hmm. Am I a man? And I had that first cognizant thought of, I didn't realize that I was so grown up. Yeah. Uh, and it happened very quickly. Like no one ever said, congratulations, yeah. Yeah. you've made yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so I, did y'all have some, a similar experience or um, was it just, I have responsibilities now and now I'm a man? I, to be honest, I mean, I never yeah. thought about, these are quite, I, I mean, Chuck, I, you can speak for yourself, but I mean, in, in my day and age, there was never, you just, no. it just, it, you just, it just happened. Yeah. You know, there wasn't anybody. And obviously there's no, there's no age. You know, I mean, from a from a cultural legal standpoint, you know, I mean, there's, you know, certain things at 18. Mm -hmm. There's certain things at age 21. Um, but there was a young lady a while back that, that her line to me was, you know, I'm tired of dating boys. Yep. And what she meant by that was maturity, mm -hmm. you know, that you're willing you're you're able to take on responsibility that she was tired of dating immature you know, males who may have, who were probably in their twenties, um, but just didn't get it in terms of, I'm a responsible individual. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a good citizen. I'm going to, you know, strive to live up certain principles. I'm going to, I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think really dictate what, what a true man mm. is. And you think how modern society has made that more hard you think of where I grew up. I grew up on a, in a rural community in a farm and ranch environment. I mean, and a lot like I was saying a minute ago about Native Americans, they had to you had to demonstrate. I mean, uh, that that you can <clears throat> fight in a tough world and survive. You look at some guys who should be men today, and you think if the barbarians came to the gate, God help us, because there's not going to be the strength to defend family and everything there there there's something about that you know especially go back in culture like today you, you see too many girls saying that young ladies saying that the, the the guys they're dating are not mature they they play video games all the time and 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 there's nothing wrong with playing video games but there has to be a balance of understanding there's a whole lot more to to, to passing into that right to be a man yeah. And taking care of your family, taking care of responsibilities of the church, everything you can think of to society. It makes me, th whenever you were talking about that, the barbarians at the gate, it really reminds me of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, where the, the, the kingdom of Judah and Israel, when it was under, um, oh, I'm not going to remember the king now, Jehoiakim, I believe, uh, but they aligned themselves with... Uh, with Egypt rather than with Assyria, with the Chaldeans. And the, the prophets were essentially telling them, no, we need to go with, with uh, what God even calls Nebuchadnezzar my servant. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually he also cast judgment on them as well. Um, but the fact that they relied on their own strength and they relied on the strength of their neighbor, Egypt, which was strong militarily, but Egypt eventually fell as well. What about the reliance on God? where we can talk about, you know, the difference between our generations, the difference between rural or, or urban upbringing, uh, whether I enjoy a very nice passive video game playing session or whether I want to go into my wood shop or whether I, yeah. you know, go wire a house or dig a trench or work on a car, whatever manly skills would be. 
But it seems that if we spend too much time talking about hobbies or our differences, we're not focusing on what we need to be talking about, yeah. which is yeah. how do we be spiritually strong with God at our back? That way we be, we be the man that God wants us to be. And I know that's why you're here. And so uh, it's exciting to have that conversation. I think it would be really beneficial for me and for listeners as well to engage in that conversation. So, I think it's not just responsibility. I think that that is a big part of manhood. But then maturity, I think, is the key, right? Yeah. So a person can have responsibilities and still be very immature. Yeah. But making correct decisions, decisions that benefit other people, this is all part of the maturity process that a a real man is going to is going to be. Uh, cognizant of, going to be thoughtful about it, uh, and and that's and that, and that is being challenged in our in our society, yeah. has been for a good twenty years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if if in short, I would answer that question to say a, a, a real man is a man is a is a male that has matured to be thoughtful of others more than just self and selfish interests, and that's why. A lot of times, real men are are easily marryable. You know, these are the kind of men that that women who uh, are that way find very attractive, and uh, and they'll be the protector and they'll be the provider, uh, and and they they will care about others more than they care just for themselves. Uh, and I think that's a biblical. Actually, that's a real yeah. biblical way yeah. of looking at manhood uh, that they they'll put others ahead of themselves. But I think one of one of the one of the hindrances that we in, in terms of spiritual things in religion is that Christianity is typically not seen as manly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that you surrender your manly qualities in order in order to become a Christian. Any given Sunday, there's congregations are filled with sixty percent women and sixty one percent and thirty nine percent men. Mm-hmm. And so, who are the, what's the more spiritually minded gender? Well, the numbers would tell you that it's it's women, yeah. it's women, and, and I think that there's that that cultural stereotype that's playing in the background where where we allow culture to dictate, you know, what is ex, what what is a man? What does it mean to be a man? Because mm-hmm. James, you mentioned you know different things that w- when we think of manly things, we think of the guy who is. Who's out? Who's the outdoors guy? He likes the hunting and the fishing. He works on cars. He, uh, but when you look in scripture, you know David. David's a harp. David's a poet. Yes. He plays the harp. I mean, how? From a cultural standpoint, you, you can't get more, more sissy than that, right? Playing a harp. I disagree. But, well, no, I, I, you must play the harp then. Justin plays a lot of instruments. Okay. <laughs> but, just you know, but you understand my point. We we love the David that. You know, that goes out against Goliath, that slays the Philistines. Right. We forget about the other David, the, the tender-hearted guy who writes songs in which, I mean, the dude is, is pouring out his fears and his weaknesses, his depression, his discouragement. That, that, that's not manly in our culture. Mm. You know, Jacob and Esau. Another great example. Which one of them is the manly man? Yeah. Yeah, the guy who's the outdoors yeah. guy? You know, he goes out and he loves to hunt. He likes being out camping, you know, or the mama's boy who is at home, who stays home and and cooks. (laughs) Culturally, we would say, well, Esau is the manly guy. Who who did God choose? Yeah, Jacob. 
That's a really great point. Okay, thank so, you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give you another example. You, uh, 120 years ago, yeah, the colors for boys and girls were opposite. Pink was a boy's color. Really? Yes. What? Wow. 120 years ago. In the late, in the late 1800s. Well, King, kings were ever, wearing purple, I guess. No, you ever I don't been know. in Freddy's and seen all the pictures of Freddy? The Freddy's Burger Place? Yeah. Oh. They have him in a dress when he was one year old. Yeah. They used to put dresses on, on boys. Those but early pink, 1900 but, photos. Yeah, but pink and photos. blue, pink was seen in the, early, uh, the late 1800s as being a, a, a strong color. Mm-hmm. Today... It just, it's just a cultural thing. It, did, did pink and blue change? No, yeah. our, our perception hmm. changed. So what are some of the struggles then that men have to deal with today? Confusion. Confusion. <laughs> I think that's the number one struggle. Uh, our society says one thing. Somebody else that's an old-timer might say something else. And then still the Bible says something else. Yeah, uh, okay. There is a lot of confusion I mean, when a guy doesn't know whether he should use a woman or a man's bathroom, that's pretty confused. And uh, and 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 you can find uh, positives and negatives for all those things in in today's time. Uh, go back twenty years ago, thirty years ago, that that was not. No. Men did not use women's restrooms, and it's okay. Uh, or locker rooms, or whatever. A man, a man would not even have wanted to compete in a woman's sport. I mean, not with women. Uh, things that we just took for granted that were pillars of society have been challenged, and I think confusion is the result of this. And so I would say probably the number one thing that most men struggle with in, in defining is this, is this my role as a man or is this not a, a role as a man? Um, is confusion. They just don't know. And some, sadly, a lot, of, a lot of people don't know where to go to find answers for that. They think all answers are equally right, which really causes even yeah. greater confusion. Yeah. <laughs> the mindset of relativism. That, yeah, yeah. You know, your truth is your truth, my yeah. truth is my truth. So true, yeah. You were talking about a minute ago just thinking about Christianity is a weak, you know, men are weak yep. and all that. Yeah. But take Jesus. Take Jesus yep. as the focal point. And there never is somebody that's more a man, man. I mean, when I even think about what he was willing to endure for the cross, when we describe the crucifixion to people, and he was willing to walk through yep. that as a man yep. and take every step of that horrible physical torture. And, and never, never did he... You know, as we'd say, weenie out that he just, you know, just as a coward as he, I mean, even from the standpoint of being, I think people even like you think of people in ancient culture, Rome, Rome admired courage. And when they watched the Christians die, I mean, you read too many things about them when they watched them die and they didn't whimper and they didn't cry out and they didn't you know, actually run away, uh, that impressed them. Mm-hmm. And it may have dr- you know, drawn some of them toward Christianity because they, they were acting like men. Yeah. I mean, even when they were like, hey, take some of the sour wine, right, which yeah. many believe was uh, used as a painkiller, and he was like, no. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, and that's very manly. when he would manly. protect people, I think of the times when he, 
he, he wouldn't let them, you know, yeah. they thrust that woman accused of adultery and, and the masterful way he deals with that. And, you know, he's, he's protecting her. Yeah. In, in, in a, you know, there's that idea, like you're saying, Nate, you know, not thinking of yourself. Yeah. yeah. But he, he does, actually does that mother. even with the 11, right? Yeah, he's, the, he's like, yeah. he lets them get away. Yeah. Uh, purposely. Right. I mean, yeah. he, right. he ensures, designed it. He ensures in John 18. Yeah. He ensures they get away. Yeah. And you, you I mean, you stop, you think about what, so uh, I, I'm going, I, I am not going to retaliate against you for something you've harmed me in some way. And, and I, I'm not going to retaliate against you. It, isn't that actually, doesn't that take more strength? than doing what comes naturally mm-hmm. and, and me wanting to punch somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't it take more strength for me to control myself and to keep that in the right? Because you look at Jesus. What, what did Jesus ever respond to in an angry way of anything that was ever done to him? Mm-hmm. The things, the horrible things that were said and done to him through just the course of his ministry, take the cross out of it. Yeah. You know, um, it, he never responds you know, angrily, you know, never lashes out at anybody. He's always, you know, has their best interest in mind and trying yeah. to get them to see, look, this is what you're saying about me. I, that's not who I am. You're I want you drunk, to, I want you to yeah, yeah, I want you to see who I am. Yeah, yeah. The, the things he got most upset about were less about him as a man as they viewed him right. and more about God as supreme, yes. Yes. the way that they were treating him. Right. So right. He, he became upset at times over you know, over how people were treating the father, yeah. um, which says something about, again, that maturity level that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. What family means should matter. Yeah. And in, in today's society, sometimes I think it's getting better, which is fantastic, right? Yeah. But, uh, but man, there for a while, uh, you know, childless, uh, uh, fatherless children, it was, was just on a rampage. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's better than it was, or maybe we're just hearing less about it. Hopefully that's not the case, but it's, um, family means something to, to mature men. Right. And it meant something to Jesus. And, uh, he even, he even considered those types of things with the disciples that he, that he was working with, you know, what, what Lazarus meant to him and, and why Lazarus meant so much was because of what he meant to Mary. And yep. and so he sees he sees individuals, but he also sees family unit as something that's really important yep. to God. Well, and the, the maturity, the element of maturity being selflessness, yeah. which is obviously reflected in Jesus. So no you know the, the the man who's the husband who you know his wife needs something for the house, mm-hmm. you know, to make her life easier dealing with the kids. Yeah. But he goes out and he buys you know an eighty inch flat screen TV so we can watch Texas Tech football, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. Watch it. You know, that was no, that was nothing derogatory about Tech. Man. Um, just, but if you're the guy buying an 80-inch TV. I agree with and you. And your wife needs a dishwasher. I agree, I agree you with and you. I are going to have a conversation. Yeah. You, you could know. have used the Dallas Cowboys or somebody better. I've yeah. literally seen cases like, I mean, a yeah. case in particular yeah. like yeah. that here in Lubbock where I went to talk to somebody at their, at their home. And and the kids had bellies that were, you know, kind of bloated and like, how long has it been since you ate? And it was it had been three days since oh these word. kids have eaten. But they were out buying a TV yeah. at Walmart. Yep. The parents were, and uh, yep. it's like, uh, yeah, that's that's not 
the kind of parenthood, but but manhood, manhood. that God yeah. talks about. And in it scripture. doesn't matter what age. If, I mean, a guy could be fifty years old if he's doing yeah. that. He, it, yeah, he's, he's like not, thirty-five. He's not living up to a man, right? You know, in terms of what Scripture would teach. Yeah. Want to say anything for me? Well, you go on. What? I I don't have any. I was just looking. Um, I I thought as you guys are talking of uh, you got three preachers here. You really think that we're going to lie for something to say? <laughs> well, Four if you include George. Like, George, yeah. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> I was thinking of Luke seven. You know, we had talked about Luke seven in class uh, Wednesday, and Jamie had led the class, and he was talking about it from a discipleship uh, idea. And this is where Jesus heals the centurion, and you know how the centurion was a friend to to many people. But I love how. Jesus here looks at the centurion differently than even the Jewish people look at the centurion. When especially when it comes to when I read this chapter, the idea of, you know, this is the worth of a man. And when they saw the centurion, you know, they're like, "Yes, he's deserving of you, Jesus, healing this person because he loves our nation yeah. and he built our synagogue." But Jesus didn't even acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And he just he just goes on later to say and after healing them, like, this guy has faith like nothing I've seen yeah. in this nation. And so it really helped me understand, look, what is Jesus looking for in a man? And, and what does he define? What's the worth of a man? Every time the centurion is like, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. But Jesus saw his worth in the sense that, no, this guy had faith. Yeah. Um, um, and it was, it was a humbling faith, too, like you're saying and Nate's saying, you know, putting others first. Um, you know, looking after the cares of your family right. and things like that. Well, I mean, and you look in, mm-hmm. you know, Ephesians chapter 5, you know, Paul's instruction to husbands. Right. You know, three times he says love. Yeah. Now, is is a husband, is he the authority in the house? Yes. You know, and, and the, the instruction to the wife in Ephesians chapter 5 talks about that. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're to be subject to your husband, uh, you know, as to the Lord. Um, but the example that's given in terms of what does it mean to be a leader— as a husband, it is the example of Jesus who gave himself for his bride. Yeah. You know, Jesus Jesus never did anything that was selfishly motivated. And so you if you have a husband who understands, look, what my role is 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 a leader of my family, is that every decision I make is going to be first and foremost for them, and I'm down in that pecking order. And, you know, if, if you have a husband that's making those kinds of decisions, I'm not sure there's going to be a why. There may be a some, I don't know of many, who are going to say, you know what, I'm not submitting to that guy. Because they, they know, look, he's not, he's not making this decision based on his own selfish, you know, he wants an 80-inch TV so he can watch tech football game or yeah. Cowboys football game. Okay? <laughs> you know, he's, he's interested in what, what is – what does my family need? What does my wife need? He considers those things. And, and, cons- right. and, and considers and looks to take care of those needs. You're right. Yeah. It's kind of like a simple thing sometimes at Christmas. I always say, what, we can, what can we get for dad? And the thing I always say to my family is, what makes dads happy is if everybody else is happy. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I really am not interested in what somebody can get me. Yeah. I want to make sure that, that I can, you know, at that festive time, do for them. Yeah. That's what makes me happy. Yeah. And I think that's what most dads yeah. are like. Back to Jesus, thinking about how he served other people. And I think about the cross. I mean, think about the incredible pain he was in and what he could have just turned inward and thought about what's happening to him. 
But no, he, he, he reaches out and provides his mother to, or John to his mother. That's mm -hmm. the, you know, and he provides to, for the guy that looks at him and says, remember me. Yeah. I mean, instead yeah. of saying, you know, something awful to that yeah. guy, you've yeah. got what you deserve, you know, and under judgment, he reaches out. Father, forgive those that have done this for they know not what they do. He was thinking about everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Even in the terrible suffering. I think you put in one of the questions as well. It goes along with this idea of talking about Jesus and going the extra mile and turning the cheek and doing things that most men wouldn't naturally do, especially when it comes to their impulses. Was you know how does a, a man who's meek lead? Right? Wasn't that one of your questions? Yeah. It's the concept of meekness is something that's really in, uh, inspired me and interested me. The scripture that I'd prepared is First Corinthians chapter sixteen. Uh, verse 13, 13 and, and it, it's at the end of yeah it's at the end of the first Corinthians letter and his instruction is be on the alert stand firm in the faith act like men be strong verse 14 let all that you do be done in love that's just a small snippet but the concept of this is Paul's instruction you know as as the apostle and fleshing out the concepts of the, the seeds that Christ planted, almost. But then to say, Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount talks about, blessed are the, the meek, for they will inherit the, the earth. And that concept has always been so interesting to me. And, and how does meekness work? Do we, we submit ourselves in the, the way that I understand it is that you bridle your strength for a purpose, for God. And yes, it's very easy for me to strike you on the face in retaliation. Uh, Christ's instruction in the Sermon on the Mount is to not. You turn them the other yeah, cheek. Yeah. And you, what you said is exactly true. I have this conversation with my son constantly. Being bullied at school, hopefully he's also choosing not to bully others. But, you know, kids, they, they try almost every shoe on, uh, every hat on. But to say, when you're being bullied, it takes more strength to, to do nothing yeah. or to walk away yeah. or to uh, to control yourself and that control. And what you instructed is Genesis 4, whenever God is talking to Cain before Cain kills his brother, is to say, you must master sin. Yeah. Yeah. That's inspiring to me. I, and if I'm completely focused on that every day, mastering myself, mastering sin, thinking about others, is that what Paul is saying at the end of 1 Corinthians? Is that what it means to be a godly man? I, I think that's a yeah. large portion of it. What's interesting, though, is that he's also telling female yeah, brethren in Corinth to, like, act to be like, like men. men. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Paul lived in a day in a culture where, you know, there was nobody that was hypersensitive to the comment that there's nobody. Everybody understood his point. I mean, there are certain things that are just inherent with certain genders. It, uh, uh, you reference the Babylonians in, I think it's in Jeremiah chapter 50, Jeremiah chapter 51. There's a couple of references there that are, it's prophecies against Babylon in judgment for what they have done to Judah. Yeah. And God says through the prophet, I'm going to make your warriors women. Mm. And so we know what that means, yeah. you know, it, it, but... We live in a culture where we're blurring these lines. What does it? Well, you can't use that kind of terminology. Well, you, there's something inherent with that that we understand. When Paul says "act like men," and he's telling women that, what's he saying? I think it's maturity. 
strength, determination, courage. There's a lot of things that are inherent in that um, that aren't specifically, well, only men can do that. No, no, women. Whereas Paul, doesn't he say that passage about we were tender among you like a nurse? Yeah, in First Corinthians, or yeah. First Thessalonians, yeah, Thessalonians, too. So yeah. the same thing. Nobody thinks about I mean, hand a baby to any one of us. It's sort of like, <laughs> you know, what, what do I do? Yeah. But, but you hand a baby to, to a woman, and it's like they instinctively yeah. Yeah. know, and, and babies enjoy that, yeah. <laughs> as I've noticed and watched. Versus, yeah. That's why dads go, here. Yeah, like here. <laughs> and, being, and she's crying. Being handed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. I don't. <laughs> you don't? No. Really? No. When He's people hand. baby whisperers. No, oh, wow. I hold, I hold a bunch of Oh, your children. Well, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. we didn't no, hold, we yeah. didn't hold our children. No, exactly. yeah, well, we you just know. throw them down. We get yeah. like, you know, <laughs> 30, 30 or 40 seconds I mean, I a day. Wanted, we gave our kids. Else's children? I wanted him to <laughs> oh, I was watch mistaken. that tech game on that 80-inch TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right. You know, I, I think some of the – you talk, go back to this idea of confusion. seems like part of that also comes from a desire to break the, the norm, right? Yeah. Uh, so are women vital and important? In humanity, of, oh, of course. Absolutely. I mean, even even in the positions of shepherding, where we can't be where we are without without the importance of of our of a woman, our wife. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. And and so it's it's not really about a scale of who's more powerful, who's more important. I think where the world's going wrong at times is is that they refuse, absolutely refuse, to see differences. There are yeah. differences. Yeah. Biologically, there are differences. <clears throat> Nobody, sure. you don't have to be a genius to get that stuff, you know, yeah. uh, to understand some of it. Going back to our original question, you know, like, what's a man? Well, that's not really that hard to figure that out. Same is true for a woman. It's just people don't want to acknowledge it. So yeah. they bury their head in the sand, which is, that's the very thing that oftentimes religious people are, are accused of doing. Yeah. Well, you just don't want to see the truth. I think it might be the other way around if you really just get honest about yeah, things. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, it's when we're, when we're discussing and talking about manhood, we're not in some way trampling on womanhood. Mm-hmm. We see women, I, I personally see women as the best part of God's creation, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it's not about that. It's more about um, if you take two people and have them doing the same thing, is that going to function properly in a family unit or in a society? And the answer to that is no. If everybody think of it in the way that Jesus talked, or the way Paul talked about it uh, in the church, you know, with in Romans chapter twelve and First Corinthians twelve, you've got every part is essential, yeah. and so you don't have all eyes and you don't have all ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you have all different parts in order to accomplish this overall purpose and yeah. and. And I think that we're in a society, our society is, a segment of our society is trying to push that out the window yeah. and pretend, because that's all they're doing is just pretending that there's not really a difference. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that, so here you have religious people, if they're Bible-centered people, they're, they are actually clarifying the issues and making the issues more understandable. And, and people, everyone from young to old, can grab hold of that and be productive. But you can't be productive if we're all just doing the same thing and we pretend like there's no differences between 
males and females, for example. Yeah. Uh, the same is true for husbands and wives. There are differences. Sure. And God created those differences for the reason of productivity. Yeah. And, yeah. and you take that out and take that away, and then you can't even play proper sports games anymore. Yeah. You can't do anything. You can't have home and family. You can't. You, the church won't run right. The 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 society can't function the way that it, it a society is designed to. So acknowledging differences does not somehow trample on man or woman. Right. It actually complements these these differences, or actually a complement to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul, I mean, that's, Paul makes the point in First Corinthians eleven that you know man comes from woman. But he also makes a point, look, woman comes, woman from, comes man, from man, came from <laughs> yeah. man. And yeah. so you're not independent of each other. Right. You are dependent upon each other. And we are equal, obviously, in terms of our value. And mm-hmm. God doesn't look at us and say, well, he's a man or he's a woman. Yeah, Galatians 8, 27. Yeah, he, he, he looks at us as though we're a soul, yeah. you, know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, Galatians 3 and verse 28. That, you know, we're the man yeah, or woman, we're all one in Christ. So yeah. the, it's, not a, it's not an equality <laughs> in value it, that's the question. It's what's the function, and there's different functions, just like, you know, on a football team. You've got not everybody can be the quarterback, but good luck winning if, yeah. if all your players are 180 pounds yeah. or if all your players are 350 pounds. Good luck. Yeah. So the culture really likes to do the battle of the sexes. It's a war. It's a battle. But for faith, it's put the swords down. Let's work together. Yeah. Um, The big thing is toxic masculinity. And one of the things, as I was studying uh, for this series that's coming, uh, one of the things that occurred to me is everyone can be toxic. Yeah. Everyone can. It just means abusing the gifts that God gives whether you're a child or a parent or a male or a female yeah. or a husband or a wife, everyone has the, pro- the, the propensity to become toxic. And, and what God is calling for us to do is, is compliment, mm-hmm. not vilify and not break down one another, but build, build one another up. I think that happens over and over in Scripture that we're to edify, build one another up, yeah. uh, edify one another. Yeah. So, anyway, um, that's... the. the those are all great thoughts. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we got into First Corinthians 16 very well, but that's a good. Well, one. we gotta. We're gonna move ahead a little bit just for the sake of time, and just as we start to close, I want to get your guys' thoughts on you know just advice for young people, people who are struggling in this realm of trying to be a man. Yeah, um, it makes sense that there's confusion, obviously, because that's what the deceiver is going to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's going to continue to try to muddy the water for clarity. So. When reaching out and talking to people in your own experiences as evangelists for the gospel, elders, leaders in the church, when you're looking for those souls to, to fish out of the sea of doubt and deception, how, do, how does someone find clarity in the Bible? And I, I didn't mean to take the mic, but that was, that was an idea. Is we, remember, we're trying to reach out to those who aren't necessarily Christian and, and be an advocate for the faith to say, what you may be experiencing in your life is something that is uncomfortable and you're searching for comfort and that you will find it in faith. I, no. it, in, I just think it, it, we, we have to bring people back to you know, the eternal standard that we see in the Word of God. Um, you know, if you look at if you if you let allow culture to set the norms, 
if you allow society to set the norms, it, it's you're going to be nothing but confusion. God is not a God of confusion, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. God is God of peace and order, and therefore, you know, going back to, you know, this is the way that God made you. You know, you're, you're either a man or you're a woman, and 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 finding your role in that. And, and just because you're, you know, we talked about what defines a man. A, a man is defined by what, what he likes to do. No, no, it's defined by who he is in the eyes of God. And the same thing's true in regard to a woman. You know, I mean, if a, if a woman wants to run, you know, heavy equipment, well, more power to her. You know, if that's what she enjoys doing. But when you start blurring the lines that God has set in place, now, you, you know, you, you're just you're just going down a pathway of ultimately destruction. You, you can't create, you cannot create a culture that's unisex and that culture survive. It just won't. So, I mean, they're, they're putting their identity in, in the wrong thing, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we find our identity in Christ, ultimately. Right. Not the um, jobs that we have. Not, not the jobs that we have. Um, not, you know, not what we look like on the outside. Right. It, it's ultimately our identity comes from who God made us to be. Um, he created us in his image. There's a lot. We don't have time, obviously, to go into all of, the, you know, the depth of that. But, you know, that we are, we are spiritual creatures that he has made different than everybody, anything else on the planet. We, we have the power to choose. You know, we have the power to decide. Yeah. We have the power to appreciate. Um, you know, all those are things that, that animals, you know, you, you take a dog out and it's a beautiful sunset. You know, the dog will sit and scratch itself. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, here's this beautiful sunset. The dog don't care. Yeah. I like we, my waffles with syrup and <laughs> yeah. everything else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we care. Yeah. You know, because we're different. We're, we're yeah. made different instead of... You know, well, we're just an animal that happens to be higher on the evolutionary ladder. Yeah. And, and well, what's your guys' advice? What, what has helped you guys be men, essentially, as we as we begin to close? I think, obviously, we first go back to what he's talking about. Well, you have to remember this question is about: Do you believe that God is? Yeah. And is He a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him? I mean, if people believe that Darwin and evolution, or you know, they just believe whatever. This world system is all there is. Then they're going to look at things entirely different than those of us who come and open the Bible and say, "What does he say a man is?" And which one works, by the yeah. way? <laughs> which yeah. one truly works? How's it going with the Darwinian system, yeah. of, of, or just caring about this world? You know, whatever it is you believe, it's just physical, just here and now, and it's all the rampant junk that we see in our society from men not leading their families to not being absent tea fathers to everything you can imagine Ver versus people that you know truly follow God and serve him and try to be like Jesus the man that was the true man yeah and and then pattern their life after him the other thing I would say is just practically is watch men in a congregation that you're a part of I mean surely if a man has gotten to the point that the congregation has selected him to be a shepherd, his family should have been sought after in that conversation. If they were like saying, yes, my dad's qualified, or yes, my husband's qualified, then shouldn't they be people that we look at 
in a congregation, and there'll be others. I mean, I've known people in this congregation here that couldn't serve as a shepherd, but they were a man, as God defines yep. a man. Yep. And, and just looking at them, watching what they do, go ask them, talk to them, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know it's been helpful for me, observing people, finding their good qualities, and trying to apply those things yeah. to your own life. Yeah. What were you, Nate? What was the question? <laughs> what helps you be a better man? What was it? What helps you be a better man? Oh, oh, okay, yeah. So, uh, again, women, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, cutting through the static, uh, I, you know, just saying a word to somebody who might be might be listening. Yeah. That that has this confused notion of sameness in the sexes. And to realize God cuts through all that, and 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 if you go back to where, uh, to where Terry Terry's keynote uh, lecture is going to be, it it has it goes all the way back to Genesis, and there is a there is a distinction being made, if not before the the curse, there definitely is after the curse, but there yeah. is biologically even before the curse, before. but yeah. but then a role in life to accomplish. In the family unit, that is clearly made uh, known at that point, and maybe it was before, but definitely is is in, in is in the writings after that. And uh, it, it, it there may be some who are, you know, I'm just tired of the confusing. I'm tired of the fighting. I'm tired of all of that. And God makes a clear distinction. It gives purpose. It gives a reason for our existing. And, and all the way back there in that account, it even gives what a man should should look like and what a woman should look like in the in the family unit and in a societal unit. Um, and it and it does away with all that static and blurriness and confusing stuff that comes. Um, I guess my the point I'm getting at is, is that you look to Scripture, it will give you guidance and that guidance works. It's proven. It's tested. It's age old. There's no, there's no, no writing as old as the Bible. It's still the number one seller, and that's because it gives clarity. It gives trueness. And if a person will look at that and uh, and and be attentive to it and start implementing some of those characteristics that they, that God gives there, uh, he'll find himself developing into the human that God created them to be. It's it'll be less about let me figure out distinctions and let me figure out differences it, you will develop into the person god created you to be yeah. and part of that's going to be whether you're male or female young or old you know husband or wife whatever single uh those those roles are clearly laid out and defined and it gives it gives a real wholesomeness to life rather than well i wonder if this is right or that's right or he's right or she's wrong or whatever it is uh, it really provides stability and purpose in life, which is what everybody wants. That's always been one of the points that we try to make on the podcast here is that the answers really are found in the pages of the Bible. And if you're seeking and needing encouragement, needing clarity, that we can, it can be found there. And so you have to open and you have to, you have to read. Uh, our final question in closing is typically what we ask all of our guests. And we can do this in the, with the lens of being a man. But Christ's instruction in Matthew 7 is if someone causes you to, forces you to go with him a mile, 
And that Christ's instruction is to go with them another, go with them the extra mile, which is the title of the podcast. It's a it's amazing radical instruction of, well, no, it's not right that they shouldn't I shouldn't have to do that. Why would you say that? And the instruction being that no, it's it's actually that's what you should do so that it causes them to reconsider their own choices, and maybe even come to the faith. How would you instruct the listener, the the viewer of this? In the, in the lens of being a man, how can you go the extra mile in your life? Uh, I, I think it come, a lot of it comes back to simply being, am, am I going to follow the example of Jesus and, and the, the selflessness because the example that you used about going the extra mile. Um, you know, do I, do I really want justice or do I want mercy? And if I want mercy, then I have to treat other people with mercy. What would I want somebody to do? If I was the one who was in need, would I want someone to go the extra mile? for me and instead of seeing myself always as the person who's the recipient that I need to be I need to be the giver of that that's well said and I think uh, if you look at the commands that God gives to a husband one of the things that we usually note in Ephesians 5 is he's a servant leader like Jesus Jesus was both redeemer willing to go to the cross and die that horrible death in order to redeem those that he loved is he the leader? How can you not respect somebody like that? How can you not want to yeah. follow his lead when he would do the ultimate of service? And a family knows that. They know whether their dad is a selfish, you know, inward-looking do-for-him, or they know he serves their family. And when they know that, it's like you said a minute ago about a woman who would not submit to yeah. a man who's like that. Yeah. And the, and the children will follow, too. And I mean, there are not going to be battles and things that have to be sorted out. But if that clearly is in place, then it's just like the pattern of Jesus, who was a servant leader. Yeah, well said. That's good. I'm thinking in my head, um, going over the idea of, of the two greatest commandments, love yeah. God, yep. love others, um, love your neighbor as yourself kind of an idea. When a man will apply that, that's that's going to lead to great things. And he doesn't have to protect against getting run over. He's not a doormat. Yep. This kind of person yep. understands and is mature enough to understand what what real what is really important in a person's life. When you put God where he belongs, then you put others where they belong, uh, which is ahead of oneself. Then then man a man can flourish under that under that kind of a umbrella. Yep. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys for being on here. And Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Thanks Thank for the you. conversation. Yeah. Remember, go so. What is going on? This camera. Oh, go so. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many cameras. Yeah. <laughs> is it the red record button? Yeah. If you want to know more about the Bible or you have any questions, our email is in the description below. You can DM us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're looking for a church family or you're in the Lubbock area, we invite you to come and visit and hang out with us in Milwaukee. We love for you to find a church who practices the love of Christ.